Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. I'm Dylan Tyre, and this is Believe in Ohio State. Another week of Believe in Ohio State football. Very pumped to have you with me this week. We've got kind of a different episode. Things that will stay the same. We're going to talk about Ohio State's victory over Rutgers this past Saturday at the Shoe. We're going to preview this coming Saturday game, Ohio State versus Maryland. We're going to talk with Jacob Jarvis about that Rutgers game. We're going to get his score prediction for the Maryland game. But changing things up this week, we're going to have another guest on in addition to superfan Jacob Jarvis. I'm going to be talking with Bet Online brand manager Dave Mason. Everything you want to know about sports betting, everything you want to know about betting with Bet Online, and everything you need to know about betting Ohio State football going forward this season. So that's what we're going to cover with Dave Mason. And uh, with Bet Online on the mind, how about I tell you about Bet Online? Because football season is is in full swing right now. And while you might not be able to be at the Ohio State games this season, while you might not be able to be at some of these NFL games this season, you can still always be in on the action at Bet Online. I mean, we've got so many picks to give. As always, I'm going to give my NFL picks, going to give my Ohio State picks this week. Got to be honest with you. A little bit cold on my Ohio State picks against Rutgers. I thought Rutgers was going to struggle more offensively. Frankly, they should have. We'll get into it a little bit with Ohio State struggling defensively in that second half, maybe taking their foot off the gas a little bit. But I went 0-2 on my Ohio State picks this past week. But I did hit big on the NFL. I went 4-2 and on my NFL picks, so hoping to keep that rolling for you going into this week of the NFL season. Hopefully get a, get a couple of good picks in for Ohio State against Maryland as well. So we've got that to look forward to later in this episode of Believe in Ohio State. But getting back to Bet Online, they've got game spreads, they've got totals, they've got team, pro- team props, rather, player props, coaching props. 
BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. They've always got their online casino as well. That never closes. So if you're not into betting on sports, you can play some casino games at BetOnline. So many possibilities for you. So make sure to head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. They've got free money out there for you. So take advantage when you sign up with betonline.ag. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And right now it's time to talk to one of those experts. So without further ado, I'm going to throw it over to my interview with BetOnline brand manager Dave Mason. Happy to be joined right now by Dave Mason of Bet Online. We love Bet Online because uh, they make this podcast possible. Quite frankly, it's a great place for you to be able to make some money as well. So, Dave, that's where I want to get started with you. Um, I mean, obviously, we love Bet Online. I've been using Bet Online. I like all the features that you offer. But you tell me and tell our listeners why Bet Online is different. Why we should all be using Bet Online compared to some of these other sites out there. Right. Well, there's there's a few reasons. I mean, you know, there's a lot of good books out there, but we try to cater to the most. Whether it's sharp action, we take sharp action. A lot of books kick long time long term winners to the curb, but we like long term winners. We we use that intel to to shape our odds. Um, speaking of odds, we got the earliest openers. Out of any book, onshore or offshore, it doesn't matter. Europe, Europe, North America, it doesn't matter. Our odds for the uh, main sports, you know, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, we beat the openers on every other book. So when you're beating the openers, you're getting better value. Um, so that's a huge advantage. Um, you know, a lot of these games move two, three, four points by the time it, there's kickoff or opening tip. So we give our players that that where they can't get anywhere else. Um, bonuses, people like bonuses. We got tons of bonuses. And most importantly, we got the fastest payouts in the industry. Our payouts, if you're using cryptocurrency, go in a matter of minutes, not hours, not days, but minutes often. Well, yeah, that's a huge added benefit there, the payouts, because I mean, a lot of these other books, a lot of these other sites, you're waiting days at a time, even weeks at a time for some of these payouts. And and I know that's one area that people get very confused and very irritated with, because it's like, when is my money coming? How am I going to get sure. this money? How many steps do I have to take to get this money? <laughs> so keeping it simple like that is always so good. And you mentioned the, the earliest opens out of anybody. It's like with that this Ohio State game this past week, again, um, or two weeks ago, rather, against Penn State. The line opens at 8. It immediately moves to 14 across the board. I mean, you guys had it at like 10.5 for a while, which is where I got it. So that that is just another added benefit. So, so many reasons for our listeners to be betting on Bet Online. So make sure to get out there. If you haven't already, get to Bet Online. They have all sorts of awesome welcome bonuses, like Dave said. And Dave, for some of our listeners that maybe know a little bit less about sports betting. Can you give us a quick rundown of, of how handicapping works? I mean, obviously these game lines are set, but for something like the presidential election with that on the right. line, I was looking at your guys's, uh, your guys's odds for the 2024 presidential election. The future's already out there. Like, how do you come up with the names that are on that list? There's like, what, 30, 40 people on that list. And how do you put a number with that name? Yeah, um, something like that. I mean, he, he, shoot. I mean, the thing is, we we opened the 2024 odds probably two or three weeks before even the election. And we had this discussion. It's like, okay, we're going to open them now. Biden's the favorite to win. So we have to create these odds with the thought that 
Biden's most likely going to win. However, if Trump wins, these odds are going to be a lot. Even if Biden wins, they're going to be different. Mm. And if Trump wins, they're going to be a lot different. For instance, you know, we opened Kamala Harris uh, a few weeks ago as the favorite. But we said, you know, if Biden loses, she's going to go to way down the list. And somebody like Pence, Pence or Nikki Haley will be the favorite because, you know, they'll, they'll be uh, – Trump will win another four years. And, and one of them will be most likely be the favorite. And we really won't know what Democrat will be at the top. Um, so, you, you know, you start with that. We reopened them. They, again, it's not over yet technically, um, but 99% sure it looks like Biden's the winner here. But we're, we're, our odds now are based on the Biden winning. Um, Kamala Harris is the favorite, plus 500. Then we have right after her Mike Pence and Nikki Haley, uh, both plus 800. Then you just added names, right? All the popular names, uh, Yang. Biden's still there, but he he won't he won't run again. Buttigieg, uh, Michelle Obama, she's always a popular bet. You know, just, just going on down down the list of all the names. Even Trump Senior, people are betting the hell out of him at twenty five to one. If he loses, people are thinking he's gonna run again in twenty twenty four. So then you just have fun with it. You know, you're you're adding every dang. You know, the, you can see the top the uh, the names at the top are you know people that you could really probably are going to run or most likely. And then as you get down the list, it gets a little bit more of a long shots and uh, just kind of add in every name possible there. So then you just add the household onto it and, and some juice and uh, throw them up there and let people bet them, see what happens. I just thought that was interesting because there are a lot of fun names on that list. People you wouldn't really think of. There was, you know, Dwayne, the rock Johnson, people like that, that you've maybe heard some rumblings about, but uh, maybe not the most realistic, but I, I think it's always fun when you see names like that and you say, why not throw a couple bucks down, but now going over to, uh, to live betting, that's always a topic that really interests me because Live betting is very, very unique. It's happening as the games go on. It's happening play-by-play, minute-by-minute, second-by-second even sometimes. So how does that work? Are there really people sitting down and setting lines, like right when a play happens? How does that all work? Uh, it depends on the sport. Um, for the, you know, Since we're North American book, football is obviously our biggest sport, football, basketball, baseball, hockey. So for those sports, yeah, we, we have traders trading them live. Um, they're watching the game and, and – uh, they're just inputting the odds on what happens or what doesn't happen on the field. Um, you know, if, if the if the team's about to score at the one yard line or whatever, they might freeze the odds there to see what happens. You know, with live, you'd really have to be quick to the trigger because any you know, someone has a faster feed than you do or whatever, you can really get murdered as as the book. But we have a very fast feed and the guys. But the, that thing said, the guys really have to be quick. They can't. You know, you look away for a minute or you get this if you're they're in their office trading and they look away for a minute or go to a water cooler for a few seconds and someone blasts a home run or returns a kickoff or something for a touchdown <laughs> those odds are up there so so they gotta be quick so yeah for those for those games there, there's actually a, a live trade or just trading back and forth and taking action and moving the odds accordingly um some of the other sports we kind of call rest of world sports ROW, you know, like, like uh, soccer and, and some of these other, we, we have that through a, a provider, a bunch of algorithms and, and it's moving automatically. So we don't have a live trader trading that live, but, but it's, the odds are still up there. It's just the same thing. It's just algorithms instead of a human being. Tell me about the impact that the coronavirus has had on gambling, because it, to me, it's like, you know, everybody's inside, you're, you're, 
hoping for something to do, waiting on something to do. You say, oh, why not throw a couple bucks down on this game? We'll have a fun night inside. How has COVID impacted sports betting or has it at all? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, it has. Um, it, it, I mean, shoot, it all happened when I was just sitting there watching the games and all of a sudden the NBA game got canceled and all of a sudden March Madness gets canceled. March Madness is one of the biggest events of the year for us. And I was like, holy hell, <laughs> you know, just everything got canceled and we were left with like next to nothing to bet on from the sports side of things. So, you know, we, we went a few months just grinding, grinding out, you know, like for instance, we, we had to look around that first week for a few days after my boss and I were just like looking around at sports blocks across the globe. What are they offering? And, you know, we found these Eastern European sites are often Russian ping pong and Ukrainian <laughs> ping pong. So we're like, all right, well, no one's going to bet on this, but let's throw it on a site. So we just have some content on the site. Maybe we'll take a few bets and sure, sure enough, people were betting the hell out of it. Uh, like Belarusian soccer and uh, you know, USC was so big during, during those months that, you know, they were Dana White and USC was moving forward with events, got the fight Island going and that we, we were doing record numbers on UFC. It was just incredible. So that Masvidal card, we did more on that card. Um, then Masvidal against um, Usman. That, that was a record-setting card for us. That, that was just amazing. So we grinded, you know, on the sports side of things, we grinded. Uh, luckily, we have a casino and a poker room, and those guys are just setting record numbers over there because, like you said, people are just at home kind of sitting around, uh, you know, kind of bored and, and no sports on. So, well, let's play some blackjack or a few, ga- a few, ga- a few hands to hold them. And uh, so those guys did the heavy lifting, and, and we kind of – we grinded, we grinded, <laughs> but uh, once August came around and basketball and baseball and, you know, all these other sports started popping back up, betters were coming in full force. You know, everybody was just ready to watch games and get in on the action and football has been awesome. It's, it's been our best football season that we, we've um, surpassed our numbers last year up to this point. So we're real happy with that. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, we, a lot of learning things along the way, it, you know, there's some really weird grades and really, you know, for instance, I mean, baseball, you know, we had these odds to win the, make the playoffs. Yes. No. And of course that was based, the odds are calculated based on 10 teams making the playoffs. Then the day of the season or before the season, the MLB says, ah, we're going to do 16 teams. I'm like what the hell? I mean, you know, that's like our odds are based on 10 teams. So what, you know, this weird stuff like that all throughout the year, like, Oh my God, how are we going to grade this? How are we going to grade that? How we, you know what I mean? So, I mean, we made the best of it. We were very generous with players. Like for instance, for NBA and NHL divisions, um, I don't even think the NHL had a formal division winner, but we recognized who was ever in the lead at that moment, you know, at the end of the se- regular season as a division winner. So we awarded those teams, the bet, uh, those people who bet those teams <clears throat> winners and we know action to all the other teams. So we were just paying out the, the winners on the divisions. We did the same thing with NBA. So, you know, it's been an interesting year, but we've, we've tried to be as, you know, we, we understand that the, the betters are frustrated too. And, and we try to be as generous and as fair with our betters as possible. And I'm sure they appreciate that. And when times are normal, so in a non COVID-19 year, a non COVID-19 sports season, 
Is there a, a slow season for sports gambling? I mean, you mentioned the casino carrying weight during uh, everything that went on with sports on pause and everything, but is is there ever a time that that's the case in a normal year or, or is sports betting? Yeah, normal year, normal year, everybody's in this industry is taking their vacations in July. You know, mm-hmm. at, at June, July, people are starting to disappear for a few weeks. I work more on the marketing side of things. So July is a little bit busier for me because we're getting ready for football. We're preparing all sorts of stuff and content and everything. So it is a little different, but, uh, but J- July for customer service is the slowest June, you know, after the NBA finals that, and you just have baseball and all the, you know, the one-off events, you know, triple crowns big, but it's only big for those three days. It's not like the whole dang week is big, you know, you'll have the masters and all these other kind of one-off events. Um, but it's just nothing. It's definitely the slowest time. It's the quote unquote slow period. Of course this year was different, but, uh, but yeah, then August it picks back up. Then, then September it's just full board until the Super Bowl and March, then March madness. And then it gets slower again. And then after the NBA playoffs, it gets dead again. Now, more and more states are legalizing sports betting here in the United States. I mean, has that had any sort of impact? Because you mentioned off-site or offshore sites where you can still get your bets in and everything. But has increased legalization in the states done anything for the business right now? I mean, I'm in Ohio. They haven't yet legalized sports gambling in Ohio. I'm sure when they do, it'll be huge here given Mm -hmm. the amount of sports fans that are in Ohio. But has legalization really made a difference at all or the same people just betting and now it's legal um it had more people more people are betting i mean you know gambling and odds and all that stuff it used to be such a taboo subject right you know yeah. you know you'd, you'd watch espn or your fox sports fs1 whatever and they would never talk about odds it was just oh my god it's just that's just for these people down at the corner bar no don't talk about that and we it was kind of a eye roll you know we all know come on this is this yeah. is silly you know we, we all whatever you know so but now that it's more accepted and it's not taboo these damn shows are everywhere and they're talking about during the game and pre-game and who's your picks and all this stuff so more people are getting into it sure there's more competition absolutely um but there's more betters getting into it plus competition is good because you know we we can't really rest on our laurels we, we got to say oh my god look at this promotion what's that how, how can we apply something like this to us and oh we we got to do more we got to do more we it's it, you know it's a, it's a arms race it's just all these books um just just trying to get the most content and and be the best so you know that pushes us which is good too it pushes us and, and there's more betters out there looking to get into this Now I want to shift over to Ohio State a little bit. I've got a couple of questions because everybody listening to this is going to want to bet Ohio State. I mean, this is an Ohio State podcast. Everybody's interested in the Buckeyes. And and frankly, betting Ohio State's fun because they've got one of the most potent offenses in college football, so they score a lot of points. But the thing with Ohio State, when it comes to the money line in particular, Ohio State nine times out of 10 is going to be a massive favorite. So there's no value on the money line. And maybe some people are a little bit scared to bet the total or scared to bet the spread. But where can some of these people find more value with Ohio State? If they're interested in getting some money in, if they don't know a whole lot about the different things you can bet, where can you find value on Ohio State? 
Well, you know, even though there's a big spread, doesn't mean there's there's not there's no value on it. It all comes yeah. down to you uh, I mean, you said it yourself earlier when you we were talking about the Penn State. I mean, would you say to open up eight and a half? You bet at ten and a half and close what fourteen or something? Yeah. I mean, that is value. It doesn't matter if you're a double digit dog. If you're getting the best of the number, that's the only way to can learn. learn win long term is it's, if you're betting at 10 and a half when it closes minus 14 you're not going to always win that bet but over the long run you're going to win a lot more than you are going to lose if you're beating the closing that closing number is the sharpest number out there so that that's been sharp that's been sharp it's sharpened and sculpted so that closing number you're not going to beat that closing number over 50 percent of the time long term i mean you might get lucky sure here and there but you're not going to make it definitely make a profit long-term over that closing number. But if you're getting the best of the number, you're beating earlier in the week or whatever, then you can. I mean, look, Ohio State now, it opened 24 and a half. It's now 25 and a half. So if you got it early, you have an extra point. It was actually up to 26 and a half earlier today. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there is value, but you have to pay attention to the early odds. I mean, you can't be these guys that I, I, I just, it just, I never get it. You know, I was talking earlier about our, our early opening odds. It's how people just ignore the early openers and they come in two hours before the game to place their bet. That's yeah. the hard, those are the hardest odds you're gonna you're not gonna beat those odds long term, those closing odds. You're just not. The bookies are just too good with with, with those numbers. But you can beat the early odds because like I said, you know, if it, it if a game's open at minus ten and you're betting at minus ten and it closed minus fourteen. That, that's a lot of extra value for your bet. That minus 14 is a sharp odds. My, minus 10 isn't, isn't very sharp. You can beat that. So, so yeah, that, that's unique. But you need to have access to the earliest odds. You just have to, and you have to pay attention to them. We open our college football Sunday afternoon for the following Saturday. You have to log on. If you're really serious about one in long term, you have to log on, see what those odds are. And then make your call. Hopefully it's an informed call. But you might think that, okay, I, I'm going to hold off. And it might go the other way. You might be like, oh, that's not enough. And it might, you wait, might wait and it might go the other way. But at least if you're paying attention early in the week, you have more options. If you're betting this the freaking hour before kickoff, <laughs> you don't have options. You're, you're betting that odd. If you're doing it through the week, you're gonna, you can see that number go up, go down, whatever. And you, you have better options. Absolutely. I always make sure to lock in whatever I want on Ohio State as soon as everything opens up because I've got my idea of what of how I think the game's going to go. And then if number corresponds with how I think the game's going to go, then I'm locked in right away. Now, let me ask you about Justin Fields. He started the year. I said on this podcast, I loved Justin Fields' Heisman odds to start the season because of everything that's going on. You know, just take a chance. He was plus 600 to win the Heisman at the beginning of the year. Now he's down uh, right around plus 150. I haven't checked today, but he was plus 150 earlier. Right there with Mac Jones, favorite to win the Heisman. What do you think about Justin Fields' chances to win the Heisman? Well, the odds say it all. You know, I, I, we opened a plus 600, and he's down a plus 150. Um, so the, the odds the odds scream that he has a great chance. Yeah. He's the favorite, right? And, and rightfully so. Well, what is he? He's uh, – I think 900 yards passing, 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and his, and his team is ranked number two in the country. So, you know, he, he's right on pace there. He's right on pace with Mac Jones. And, uh, 
You know, the Heisman's tricky, though. You know, during, and again, it's, it's, it's a shortened season, too. There's, so there's, you kind of throw that in unknown into there as well. Um, you know, during a regular season, that, that, those Heismans, man, those, that, I would watch it every year. And, you know, you always got these guys early in the season who are just tearing it up, like, oh, he's definitely going to win, win the Heisman. Like Saquon Barkley a few years r- rings a bell. You know, everybody thought halfway through the season, even after, more than halfway through the season, everybody was just handing him the trophy over to him and then he kind of got cool when i who won it that year was it baker mayfield yeah i, I think it, yeah yeah i think then all of a sudden baker mayfield pours it on and he wins the heisman trophy so that seems to happen every year but this year's a little different you know it's like <laughs> what uh alabama has what six or seven games and ohio state has three games so it's just such a weird dynamic this year but uh no if, if i if you have justin fields early at plus 600 you know Cap tip to you doesn't mean it's going to win, but again, it's getting the best of the number. You got to be happy having hold a plus six hundred ticket when it's currently plus one fifty. So, uh, great bet on your your part. The one thing I, I will say about Justin Fields that scares me a little bit is, like you kind of referenced with Baker Mayfield coming on later in the season, it's like all these players need their quote unquote Heisman moment, and, and with Justin Fields, I don't know if that's going to happen. It, during this regular season, at least, because of the way the Big Ten is shaken out this season. The good teams are looking bad. The bad teams are looking good. So Ohio State's schedule is, is probably weaker than it was or than we thought it was to start the season. So that's the one thing I'm a little bit nervous about with Justin Fields. The numbers will be there, but I'm not sure he's going to have that moment to kind of separate himself from the rest of the pack. But now let me ask you about Ohio State as a team they're they're tied for the highest odds to win the net or the best odds to win the national championship with Alabama this season plus 200 to win the national title the last I checked now I just got to ask you who do you have winning it all this season because Ohio State comes out against Rutgers the defense looks a little suspect Alabama on a bye this past week they've looked good on offense their defense a little bit suspect obviously Clemson falls to Notre Dame now the fighting Irish in the conversation who do you got Oh boy, that that's tough, man. My my buddy and I were talking about this yes the other day. Especially when Clemson down, you know, yeah. Clemson went down. That that's you know, there's kind of a little bit of asterisk there with with their quarterback. Um, you know, gun to head, man. I, I I'll still take Clemson to tell you the truth if Laurent Lawrence comes back and healthy. But it's tough, man. I mean, those three those three teams are definitely the head of the pack. I think you know, Alabama, Ohio State, they're both. both plus 200 Clemson's plus 300 then you drop down to the Florida and Notre Dame's of the world who are both 12 to 1 and then after them you'd have another drop down to BYU and Cincinnati who are 33 to 1 I mean you know where's Oklahoma where's Georgia where all these uh, Oregon all these other teams are usually at the top it's just such a wacky dynamic this year, year man but uh you know man it, it, it's hard to tell how, how the scheduling will, will yeah help you know, teams starting later and, and the other team, I don't know how that's all going to pan out. So gun to head, if I have to bet one of those three, I'm taking Clemson plus 300. But, you know, you can't go wrong with either three of those teams. I can't see anybody else winning it. Well, uh, it certainly is a very strange season. A lot to work through, a lot for Bet Online to work through, and a lot for our listeners to work through if they're interested in getting their money in on Bet Online. So, everybody out there that thinks Ohio State has a shot, that thinks Justin Fields has a shot, make sure to get your money in at Bet Online. Dave Mason, we thank you very, very much. We, uh, we love the support from Bet Online that they offer the Believe Podcast Network and Believe in Ohio State. We really appreciate the time, and uh, maybe we could talk in the future going forward. Sounds good. Anytime. 
So again, big thanks to Dave Mason of Bet Online for joining me this week on Believe in Ohio State. A lot of good things to say there about where you can find some value betting Ohio State football. And on top of everything, just why you should be betting with Bet Online because it really does have so many options, those quick payouts, the the lines up before anybody else. A lot of added benefit betting with Bet Online. So if you're thinking about putting some money down this week, whether it be on Ohio State, whether it be on some of these NFL picks I give you, if you're going to get money down, make sure if it's with Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag. They've got all sorts of sign up bonuses. So make sure to check all that out. Have a little fun this weekend, make a little money, and have a, a great time doing it with Bet Online. So that's that. Now let's talk about some football. Let's talk about first Ohio State's 49-27 victory this past Saturday night at Ohio Stadium over the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Ohio State did not cover the spread in that game and the over hit in that game. So like I said earlier, unfortunately, I went 0-2 on my picks because I had Ohio State covering and I also had the under in that game. But Rutgers showed up. They showed up uh, in a big way in that second half. Ohio State maybe took their foot off the gas a little bit. So let's very quickly go over the good and the bad from that game. And I don't want to spend too much time on this game because... A lot of people feel like maybe they're panicking after that game. They don't think Ohio State's as good as uh, as good as they they once did, or as good as everybody else thinks Ohio State is. But uh, I'm not too worried about that. Ohio State's offense flashed like it always does. Justin Fields looked amazing, and the young defense took its foot off the gas a little bit in the second half. So be it. Rutgers pulled out every trick play in the book. They they went for two four times in the game. They had two onside kicks. What are you going to do? Rutgers tried hard. Credit Greg Schiano, but Ohio State still won big. Now, if Ohio State lays a dud defensively against Maryland, then it's time to worry a little bit. But right now we're talking about Rutgers, so let's talk about the good from that game. And it has to start with Justin Fields. Justin Fields has solidified himself as probably the Heisman favorite right now. He has more touchdowns total than incompletions this season. Just an insane stat through three weeks. I mean... It's, it's almost shocking when the football hits the ground. I mean, he's completing so many passes. He's making all the throws, making tough throws, and making those tough throws look easy. Justin Fields has been fantastic this season, and that continued against Rutgers. It was maybe his best week of the season so far. He finished 24 of 28 passing for 314 yards and six total touchdowns, no interceptions, five touchdowns through the air, another one on the ground. I mean, Justin Fields is a true dual-threat quarterback, but he doesn't have to run right now. I feel like Ohio State is sitting on his ability to run for when they truly need it. Definitely don't need it in the game against Rutgers, but he did run for a touchdown, so six total touchdowns, no turnovers for Justin Fields. And uh, that effort earned him uh, the highest grade in college football by Pro Football Focus for a quarterback. He was graded at 94 this past week, and that's a crazy high number. I mean, if you're familiar with Pro Football Focus, the highest grades usually around the low 90s, the high 80s, but Justin Fields a 94 after he goes 24 of 28 passing, 314 yards, six total touchdowns in Ohio State's 49-27 victory against Rutgers. I mean, what can't this guy do? Justin Fields is amazing. He is Ohio State's rock. They rely on this guy. They need to keep him healthy because they're going to rely on him for the remainder of this season. Ohio State lives and dies by Justin Fields. You'd like to see a little bit more offensively for Ohio State, particularly with the run, but I think this is Ohio State's offense this season. Justin Fields is just that good that they're going to ride 
their horse. They're going to ride the workhorse, and that's Justin Fields. So uh, another great week for Justin Fields. And speaking of pro football focus on defense, another Justin, Justin Hilliard, in his season debut for Ohio State, was the highest-rated Power 5 linebacker by pro football focus. So another big week uh, for a Justin, this time Justin Hilliard. His, like I said, his season debut for Ohio State. He was hurt week one, had that false positive uh, uh, ahead of that Rutgers or ahead of the Penn State game, rather, so he couldn't play at Penn State. But he comes in against Rutgers. He steps up, highest rated Power Five linebacker this past week by Pro Football Focus. So excellent week there for Justin Fields. Excellent week for Justin Hilliard. There were other good things in that game. I mean, the wide receivers again, fantastic for Ohio State. Both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Garrett Wilson, the first Ohio State wide receiver with three consecutive 100-yard games since 1998 when David Boston did it. Um, what what more can you say about these guys? The wide receivers are elite, and they have an elite quarterback. This trio, this uh, wide receiver and quarterback trio, maybe unlike any other that we've ever seen at Ohio State before. Very, very good signs with all three of those guys healthy going forward. Um, What can't they do? What can't those three do? As long as they stay healthy, Ohio State is going to be in very, very good shape. So the offense against Rutgers, very good. Now let's talk about the bad in that game against Rutgers. And like I said earlier, I don't want to harp on this too long because I'm not too worried about the defense, but they need to be sharper. Ohio State had a couple of penalties on defense. That Teron Vincent penalty in the red zone on fourth down, that led to points for Rutgers. It should have gotten the Ohio State defense off the field, but... He uh, He's called for a face mask. It costs Ohio State. Rutgers able to score. So things like that need to be tightened up. Ohio State's tackling needs to be tightened up. I just think they need to have more focus. It's a young defense, but they've got experienced linebackers. They've got Sean Wade in the defensive backfield. Those upperclassmen need to step up. They need to be vocal. They need to be leaders. They need to get everybody dialed in. They need to stay focused going forward because Ohio State is going to need their defense to be good. doesn't have to be great when you have an offense like this, but it has to be able to stop opponents at least a little bit. They've done that through the first three weeks of the season. This game against Rutgers, you would have liked to have stopped Rutgers a little bit more, but hey, they're running trick plays all over the field, but... It comes down to focus, it comes down to discipline, and Ohio State lacked that a little bit, primarily in the second half. So like I said, it's bad, but I'm not too worried about it. I'll be worried if they play like that against Maryland, if they play like that going forward. So Ohio State needs to be sharper. When it comes to offense, we're still struggling with the run a little bit. Ohio State needs to learn to run the football. This might be what they are, though. We're used to Ohio State running for six, six and a half yards a carry these past four or so seasons. This year, they're closer to four and a half yards a carry. That's still effective when you think about it, four yards in a cloud of dust. I mean, if you run the ball four yards on first down, on second down, on third down, that's a first down. But Ohio State has yet to be truly explosive in the run game. Trey Sermon had a little bit of burst in that second half for Ohio State before he was hurt. But but Ohio State has really yet to be explosive in the running game this season. That may be a problem to you. I'm not sure. We're just used to seeing Ohio State... Um, run more and and be more explosive in the run game. But with with that in mind, Ohio State hasn't necessarily been as explosive in the passing game like they are now with Justin Fields, like they were with Dwayne Haskins. But, I mean, maybe it's a trade-off. Maybe Ohio State's going to be a little bit worse running the football. I don't think they have a truly elite running back on this roster yet. Um, One of these underclassmen could develop, but between Master Teague and Trey Sermon, 
the guys who have really handled the workload so far. I don't think either one of those guys is a truly elite running back. Master Teague, more of a bowling ball between the tackles. Trey Sermon, I'm frankly not quite sure what Trey Sermon is yet because I watched him run at Oklahoma, and I didn't think he was necessarily shifty or dynamic, but that's kind of what he was billed as coming to Ohio State, that he'd be that quicker guy. But when I watched the tape at Oklahoma, I wasn't really impressed. So I think we have to take the Ohio State run game for what it is. The offensive line can always get better. With more games together, I believe this offensive line will get better. So the running game has not been great yet. It's been okay. I think it only has to be okay going forward, but we'll see what it looks like against some elevated competition as this season progresses. But I'm not quite worried about the running game yet. If it digresses for whatever reason, then I'll be a little bit more worried. But for right now, it's fine. Four and a half yards a carry is fine as long as you're throwing the ball like Ohio State is. So not a huge, huge worry, but I would love to see Ohio State be a little bit more tougher when it comes to the run game. The last thing that I want to talk about is Ohio State tight end Jeremy Ruckert. When I talked about the sharpness for Ohio State, I mean, Jeremy Ruckert's been good these past couple of weeks. He's found the end zone. Ohio State is clearly making it a point of emphasis to get him the football in the red zone, which is a breath of fresh air after, I mean, they they really haven't used their tight ends despite being five-star type recruits, four-star recruits. They haven't used their tight ends a whole lot these past few seasons. So it's good to see Jeremy Ruckert get the football. And frankly, I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. But a couple of times in the game against Rutgers, he caught the ball around the first down marker and ran out of bounds. He didn't seek contact when in, in that situation, in those situations that I'm talking about. Had he sought out contact, had he run through the defender, he would have fallen forward for a first down. And that irritated me a little bit because you're a huge tight end. Jeremy Ruckert, 6'5", 6'6", 255 pounds at least. He's a mammoth in person. Very impressive. So I don't want to see a guy like that running out of bounds ahead of the first down marker. I want to see him seeking out contact like he's Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott always stayed in bounds, always fell forward three yards. Jeremy Ruckert should be doing that against defensive backs, against linebackers, frankly. He should be challenging them, he should be finding contact, and he should be running through them. So that goes along with that sharpness, that toughness that I was talking about for Ohio State on defense. That can also translate over to offense. So just one little thing from that game against Rutgers that irritated me a little bit. Jeremy Ruckert looked very good, but I thought he had a couple of opportunities to make big plays, to get first downs for Ohio State, and rather than driving through the defender, seeking out contact, he ran out of bounds short of the first down. So, I mean, that's it for for the game against Rutgers. I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to get hung up on it too much because Ohio State looked good. They put up 49 points on offense. They took their foot off the gas in the second half, um, gave up 27 points. They only allowed three points in the first half, so 24 second-half points to Rutgers. But at the same time, Rutgers pretty much pulled every trick they have out and used it against Ohio State. Credit Greg Schiano. Um, his guys, his players had to be happy after that game, um, showing up like that, showing they could compete with a team like Ohio State. So credit them for the effort, but really nothing that I'm going to worry about. I'll only be worried if Ohio State plays lackluster, especially on defense this coming week against Maryland. So that's going to do it for our talk, um, Ohio State versus Rutgers, the 49-27 victory. Overall, Buckeyes looked good, not great, can always be better, but we're not too worried about it early in the season 
and Justin Fields still looked awesome. So nothing too big to worry about from that game against Rutgers. Is right now we're going to flip over to Buckeyes in the NFL. Going to give you my NFL picks. We're going to talk about what Buckeyes or former Buckeyes did last week, Week 9 in the National Football League. And let's start things off with Curtis Samuel. He stays red hot. I love it out of Curtis Samuel. He had nine catches and a team leading 105 yards and a touchdown in the Panthers' 33-31 loss to Kansas City. The Panthers, I mean, compared to a team like Kansas City, they really don't have any business being on the same field as Kansas City when it comes to talent, but they gave them a run for their money. They were ahead at times in that game. Kansas City comes back. They're able to hold on to win that game 33-31, but it wasn't for a lack of effort from former Ohio State H-back Curtis Samuel. He looked fantastic in that game. He's looked fantastic since he came back from injury, scores another touchdown. I think that's three consecutive games with a touchdown for Curtis Samuel. Again, nine catches in a team-high 105 yards, so congratulations to Curtis Samuel. I hope he's able to stay hot going forward. Now we'll go over to another former wide receiver for Ohio State. It's actually all three All three guys this week that we're going to talk about are wide receivers. Austin Mack made his NFL debut for the New York Giants, and he led the Giants with four catches for 72 yards in their 23-20 victory over Washington. So congratulations to Austin Mack. This is a guy that had to fight to make that roster for New York. Um, He was able to do that. He gets his first playing time in the National Football League. And he makes the most of it. A little bit of chemistry with Daniel Jones. Four catches, 72 yards. That leads the team. And most importantly, the Giants get the victory over Washington. And speaking of Washington, we got to talk about their best wide receiver, Terry McLaurin. This guy is just a beast. He was not expected to be a number one wide receiver when he was drafted in the third round by the Washington football team. He was expected to be a secondary threat, maybe even a third threat, contribute on special teams like he did at Ohio State. (laughs) <laughs> and he's exceeded every expectation tenfold. He's a captain for that Washington football team now, and he's their leading receiver. This week in the 23-20 loss to the New York Giants in Austin Mack, Terry McLaurin led the football team with seven catches for 115 yards and a touchdown. Feels like he has a similar line every single week. He produces every single week, and I think he has solidified himself as a true number one threat in the National Football League. So congratulations to Terry McLaurin. I love to see this guy succeed. All he does is succeed. He continues to succeed. He continues to get better. Still a young guy in the NFL. It's only his second season, but he's uh, garnered a lot of respect in that locker room in Washington, and he's only going to get more of it as he continues to contribute at an elite level in the National Football League. So that does it for this week of Buckeyes in the NFL. Now let's get into the NFL picks. Last week, like I said, I was very hot. 4-2 overall on my six picks. I am now 31-27 on the season. Every week we pick the Bengals, the Washington football team, the Saints, the Raiders, the Lions, and the Colts because all those teams boast the most former Buckeyes in the NFL. In addition to those games, I always pick Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football. So I'm going to go quickly over my picks from last week. The Bengals were on a bye. Pick number one, it was the Lions at the Vikings. I had the Lions plus four in that game. That did not hit. The Vikings won big. So that was one of my two losses. Pick number two, Sunday at 1 Eastern, it was the Giants at Washington. We just talked about it. The Giants won that game 23-20. Well, I had the Giants covering three points in that game. The Giants plus three. They did exactly that, so I was 1-1. One one. 
Pick number three, it was the Ravens at the Colts. I had the Ravens minus two and a half in that game. They certainly covered against Indianapolis, so I was two and one. Pick number four, it was Sunday at 4.05, the Raiders at the Chargers. I said to you guys last week, the Chargers have been good, but they found a way to lose these past few weeks. Well, they did it again against the Las Vegas Raiders. I had the Raiders plus one and a half. They won that game outright, so I start off three and one. Then we move to Sunday night football, the Saints at the Bucks. I thought the Buccaneers were going to come out and look excellent against the Saints. Well, the Buccaneers are a little bit confusing now. I thought they had dialed things in. I thought Tom Brady had found chemistry with his wide receivers. I guess not because they were absolutely handled and blown out by the Saints. So uh, the Buccaneers do not cover the five and a half points in that game. I lose that, so I was three and two. That takes us to Monday Night Football. Pick number six, the Patriots at the Jets. I had the Jets plus seven in that game. They were able to cover against New England, so I hit that one and finish off the week four and two. I am now 31 and 27 on the season. Now let's get into this week's picks. Starting off with Thursday Night Football because it's the Colts at the Titans. I've got the Colts plus two and a half in this game. I think they're going to win outright. I think their excellent defense is going to stymie the offense of Tennessee. The Bears defense, very, very good. They were excellent against Tennessee. They couldn't do a whole lot offensively, could the Titans. They still managed to beat the Bears because the Bears offense is that bad. But I think the Colts are better than the Bears. They beat the Bears earlier this season. I like the Colts as underdogs in this game. So give me the Colts plus two and a half on Thursday night football at the Titans. Pick number two, Sunday at 1 Eastern, the Washington football team at the Lions. I've got the Lions minus four in this game. I think they bounce back after losing to the Vikings, and I think they cover the four points against Washington at home. Pick number three, Sunday at 4.05, it's the Broncos at the Raiders. My pick is the Broncos plus five. Uh, I just don't believe in this Raiders team yet, despite their victory over the Chargers. I think they're due for... for a bad game. I think they're due for a loss like this. I just think that's the Raiders. So I like the Broncos plus five this week. Pick number four, Sunday at 425. It's the Bengals at the Steelers. I like the Bengals plus seven and a half in this game because the Steelers have some COVID issues going on right now. It remains to be seen if Ben Roethlisberger is going to play in this game. And on top of that, I think the Bengals are starting to find something. I think Joe Burrow has good chemistry with his wide receivers. T. Higgins is stepping up big there in Cincinnati. I love Joe Burrow. I think he keeps them in every single game. So I think counting out the Bengals by over a touchdown against Pittsburgh is too much. I like the Bengals covering plus 7.5 against Pittsburgh. Pick number 5 Sunday, also at 425 Eastern Time. It's the 49ers at the Saints. Saints are nine-point favorites in this game. I like the 49ers to cover plus nine this week. I think nine is just too much against a team like New Orleans. I still don't think they're that good despite the victory over the Buccaneers. Um, If they're able to beat the 49ers big this week, maybe I'll change my mind. But the 49ers, despite being banged up, despite all these guys being out, they're, they're a tough team. They're a stingy team to play against. So I like the 49ers plus nine. Now moving to Sunday night football, pick number six, it's the Ravens at the Patriots. I like the Ravens minus seven this week. I don't think the Patriots are good whatsoever. I think on national television, the Ravens show up in a big way. I think they hammer the Patriots. So my pick is the Ravens by seven. Now our final pick of the week, pick number seven, Monday night football. It's the Vikings at the Bears, my Chicago Bears. I'm going to pick against the Bears for the first time this season. I like the Vikings minus three against Chicago. I don't think the Bears offense um, has it whatsoever. Their entire offensive line is hurt right now. 
when their offensive line is healthy, they still have trouble moving the football. Nick Foles hasn't been particularly good since being named the starter for Chicago. Matt Nagy's play calling is awful for the Bears. Their only hope is their defense. If that defense is able to get in the end zone and put some points on the board, this might be a tougher game for the Vikings to win. But I like the Vikings over the Bears. I only see things getting worse for the Bears this season, so give me the Vikings minus three. Going to go over our picks this week one more time. I've got the Colts plus two and a half, the Lions minus four, the Broncos plus five, the Bengals plus seven and a half, the 49ers plus nine, the Ravens minus seven, and the Vikings minus three. So that does it for this week, this week's NFL talk on Believe in Ohio State. Best of luck with those picks this week. I hope they cash for you on Bet Online. And right now it's time to preview Ohio State against Maryland. And with that in mind, how about we throw it over to my conversation with Jake Jarvis. First, we're going to talk a little bit about Rutgers against Ohio State. Then we're going to get into our Ohio State versus Maryland preview. He'll give you his score prediction. I'll give you mine. So how about it right now? Here is Ohio State super fan Jake Jarvis. Happy to be joined again by Ohio State super fan Jacob Jarvis. Jake, very, very happy to have you with me. Thanks for coming on again. You were pretty close to the score prediction last week on Rutgers. We, we've been right around there. And I want you to know, I got to be honest with you, after I talked with you, I thought about it a little bit, and I changed my score prediction. You had 52-17. I had 52-17. We both agreed on that. But after the episode, I thought about it a little bit. And I was like, I don't know. I, I, think, I think Ohio State's defense is going to be better. Because I was looking at some of those stats that – Rutgers offense had put up through the first couple of weeks of the season I was like this offense is not good whatsoever they cannot move the ball so I ended up changing it to 52 to 10 but it looks like I shouldn't have because the score actually ended up closer to what we had it as in the first place 49 27 Ohio State the Buckeyes come close to that 52 Rutgers obviously exceeds the 17 in your score prediction so Close, but not quite there with the score prediction. Not as close as you had been the first two weeks of the season. Why do you think that was for Ohio State? What do you think went wrong there? Because the Buckeyes offense was obviously really good, but the defense faltered a little bit, particularly in the second half. The Buckeyes were up big. They had only given up three points going into halftime, but then things changed. Rutgers runs all those trick plays. So what do you think happened there for Ohio State? Was it just a matter of taking your foot off the gas a little bit? Uh, yeah, I think um, our offense, like I said, played well. Uh, just our defense should look should look better in the second half. Uh, we gave up some some yards against uh, Maryland. I mean, sorry, excuse me, against Rutgers. <laughs> you know, it, uh, just at the end, it, it, it did not look so good. You know, they had like the fake plays that you know their uh, their quarterback and also their wildcat formation. You know, he could just get in the end zone. He, I can see it. He they just played well offensively for, for Rutgers, uh, defensively for Ohio State, you know, we, we should have, like I said, played a lot better. But um, other than that, we look good. I agree with you. And it's one of those things where I'll ask you this before I comment. Are you worried at all or panicked after that game or not really too worried? I mean, I'm not too worried, but um, if we're going to beat Clemson like those guys in Alabama, um, we, we got to make sure we have that good defense. This is something, we get, something they have to work on. We'll see if it works uh, this week against Maryland. 
Okay, so that that's why I wanted to ask you because a lot of people are kind of panicked right now. That was kind of the the quick and easy reaction to what happened in that game. Say, oh my God, we gave up 27 points against Rutgers. This defense can't do it. But I mean, when you look at the the grand scheme of things, like Alabama's defense is, is not very good. They have the same kind of struggles that Ohio State has where th- their defensive backfield is maybe their biggest question and teams are moving the ball against Alabama. But their offense is so good that it doesn't really matter. And that's how it's been these first couple of weeks for Ohio State. I mean, the defense looked fine against Nebraska, looked really good against Penn State, and then looked good for a half and then not so good against Rutgers. So there are worries there where you're kind of like, okay, what's going to happen against Maryland, who's been moving the ball this season? What's going to happen against Indiana, who's been moving the ball this season? So I'm really eager these, these next couple of weeks to see how that works and see how the Ohio State defense performs against teams that have been pretty good this season, that have been able to move the ball, that have been able to find the end zone this season. But going back to Rutgers, I mean, you, you have to give Rutgers a little bit of credit because they have been better this season. Greg Schiano pulled out every trick in the book. I mean, they, they tried the onside kick twice in the game. They went for two four times in the game. I mean, you always want to stop Rutgers. But Ohio State's up big at halftime. They have a younger defense, kind of an inexperienced defense. So it's easy for those guys maybe to say, oh, I want to try to make some plays here rather than playing lockdown defense. And that's kind of what happened on some of those trick plays, I feel like, where you know a player tries to blow up a play rather than break down and make the tackle. That, that punt return touchdown comes to mind where they throw it across the field and Ohio State kind of just ran upfield, didn't break down, didn't tackle. I thought that was kind of the theme in that game where I'm not worried or panicked coming away from the whole thing, but I want Ohio state to be sharper going forward. I think they can, they can pay more attention to detail, be a little bit more focused in situations like that. And I think this week against Maryland is a great opportunity for that because Penn state, it's easy. It's a rival. You're going to be ready to go. You're going to be fired up. You're going to be, paying attention the whole game you're going to be locked in and focused Rutgers it's difficult but now that you did that against Rutgers still a big win they, they won big in that game Rutgers never had a chance but you do that against Rutgers and you say okay we've got to be better similar opponent this week in Maryland probably a little bit better the way Maryland's played this season their quarterback Talia Tagovailoa to his younger brother but it's kind of a similar deal and another test for Ohio State to prove that they can be focused and can lock things down. So how do you feel about that? Do you kind of agree with that? Do you disagree? Do you think that this week will be a good test for that Ohio State defense? Uh, yeah, you know, um, I think it's going to be a good test for them because 2018, double overtime against Maryland, I could see that happening again. Uh, you know, their quarterback can pass. He also uses his legs, but yeah, he's fine in the passing game. I think the offense runs through him because uh, they've got their, they've got a true freshman five-star wide receiver in Rakim Jarrett, and that guy is a stud. He was, I think, a top-five recruit in the country from Maryland, stays home in Maryland, and he gets this quarterback now. So they've got a little bit in the passing game. They've got some weapons. I mean, that 2018 game that you referenced, they ran the ball all over Ohio State in that game. And like you just said, Talia can run a little bit. He's, he's showcased the wheels these past couple of weeks. So this is going to be another good test for Ohio State defensively. They faced a quarterback that can run the football every single week so far this season. And, and Talia 
maybe the best running quarterback they faced. Vedra last week for Rutgers was pretty good. Adrian Martinez might be better, but but Talia's he's got wheels and he's got the arm talent too. So I'm really really excited for this week. But you just said um, you just said that you wouldn't be surprised if it were similar to that 2018 double overtime game. So are you expecting this game to be close? You know, I could expect it being close, yeah. Um, you know, this year, Maryland has just shown up um, the past few games, and I think it's going to be a good test for us because we need to get get that defense rolling a little bit and try to attack. Yeah, I agree with you. The defense needs to create a little bit of momentum and maybe – maybe create new momentum because it felt like they had some in that Penn state game with what Togi I did and what Haskell Garrett was doing, Jonathan Cooper. Then they kind of lost it, especially in that second half against Rutgers where there weren't many big time plays. You know, there weren't, weren't guys flying all over the defense or the offensive backfield sacking the quarterback tackles for loss, that sort of stuff. I mean, Rutgers didn't really move the ball a whole lot outside of their trick plays, but, there weren't really big momentum plays on defense in that game. It was left up to the Ohio State offense to do that. And that's all you really need. You don't need big plays by the defense when you have the offense that Ohio State does. But against Rutgers, you want to see a little bit more. So I'm right there with you. This is a good test this week against Maryland. Good chance for this defense to build a little bit bit of momentum, get the ball rolling as we continue on in this Big Ten schedule. But before we get to the score prediction here for Ohio State and Maryland, I've got to think about mine a little bit, to be honest with you, too. But I got to ask you about the Big Ten, because you commented on the Big Ten last week. Those were the thoughts you left us with last week. You said you were happy to see other teams in the Big Ten doing better, maybe some of the smaller name teams in the Big Ten, like the Purdue's doing better, the Northwestern's doing better, the Indiana's doing better, the Maryland's doing better, the Rutgers doing better, so on. But what do you think about the big dogs in the Big Ten? Because Michigan looks awful. Penn State loses to Indiana. They lose to Ohio State. And they just rolled out a dud this past weekend. They did not look good. Michigan State got blown out by Iowa. So what do you think about all this? That it's I, I agree with you. I think it's good that these, these smaller teams, these smaller programs are are stepping up. But what do you think about these bigger programs just – be, I mean, frankly, playing awful this season. Michigan looks terrible. Yeah, you know, uh, Michigan, uh, Jim Harbaugh, this may be – I'm not trying to say he's going to get fired next year, but he's it's not looking so good. Uh, you know, uh, he just cannot seem to beat Michigan State and Ohio State, the top big teams, and he just can't seem to get his offense and defense rolling. I think it's just because he he wants to win. He wants to win a lot of games. I just don't think he's he's done his job out at Michigan. He is a good winning coach at at uh, Stanford and the 49ers, but you know Michigan, I'm kind of disappointed in them um, the way uh, Michigan's been playing, and also Penn State. Uh, Penn State, uh, you know, doesn't look like they want to be there. This they don't even try on defense. Offense looks terrible. Sean Clifford, you know, give him a little bit, give him a little bit of a break. Uh, it's not just him because everybody's blaming him. Just he just can't find his receivers. His receivers, his receivers aren't open. Uh, he's 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 a young kid, and he can learn throw more instead of running out in the pocket. I just think their defense and offense don't even look like they want to be there. 
I, I agree with you. I think that's a pretty good breakdown. I have another question for you now. As an Ohio State fan, and if you're, you're Ryan Day or anybody on this team for Ohio State, looking down the road, you've already beat Penn State, but looking down the road, what are you more nervous about? Playing a team like Maryland, playing a team like Indiana, or facing off against Michigan State in Michigan? What are you more, more nervous about? Um, I'd say more nervous about Michigan, Maryland, definitely. Um, Michigan State, you know, Mel, Mel Tucker is his first year at Michigan State. Uh, they look, you know, they look pretty good against Michigan, and then against Iowa, they play terrible. If Mel Tucker can just keep his offense rolling, like Lombardi, the, the quarterback from Michigan State, get him in the passing game a little bit more, and just not hand the ball off so much. I agree with you. I know what you're saying about Michigan. We're like, they haven't looked good yet, but it's still Ohio State, Michigan. So they're going to show up for that game. And it's going to be a tough game because it always is. Well, in theory, it always is. Ohio State has won big the past couple of years, but it's still a big time matchup. So I'd have to agree with you there where it's like Michigan has not looked good this season, but uh, there's still games to play and it's still Ohio State, Michigan. So that's always on the table. Uh, One more thing I want to ask you about the Big Ten West because, you know, Wisconsin, if if they miss one more game this season, they can't play in the Big Ten championship game. They're eliminated. Um, You've got Purdue. You've got Northwestern. I mean, you've got Iowa. I mean, they just killed Michigan State. A lot of teams with the potential to play in the Big Ten championship out of the West. Who do you think it's going to be playing out of the West? We're three games into the season, so who do you like right now? Who do you think is – I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's probably going to be Ohio State out of the East. So who do you see Ohio State playing in the Big Ten championship game? Um, I could see them playing um, Northwestern again. They're 3-0. They're starting off in a good direction. I think Northwestern, they've shown up. Uh, give them credit. But also Wisconsin, uh, that situation, um, they're really disappointed in them. They, they don't take it seriously there. Definitely not. This gives them a lesson. You know, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna wear a mask in practice or a game, then you might as well not even be there. So you like Northwestern coming out of the West. You think North it'll be Northwestern Ohio State when it comes down to it. Definitely. Yeah, I'd like to see a rematch of twenty eighteen too, that Big Ten championship game. A lot of lot of twenty eighteen talk here. You think this team might be similar to that Dwayne Haskins Ohio State team where maybe a little bit shakier on defense and then the offense is is carrying them because you already referenced them with Maryland. You you come back to the to that Big Ten championship game, Ohio State against Northwestern. So I guess that brings us to the score prediction with Maryland on the mind. What do you got this week, Ohio State Maryland? You said it might be close, but is that what you're really thinking, or do you think Ohio State wins big? They're twenty five and a half point favorites right now, Ohio State close. over Maryland. So what do you think? It's gonna be a close game. Oh, okay. Um, I'm thinking 52-31 Ohio State. 52-31 Ohio State. So you think Maryland's able to score that much against this defense? Yeah. I'm going to go 52. I'm with you for Ohio State. I'm going to go 52-21. So I've got 10 points less. I think Ohio State figures it out on defense enough to win this game, but I do think Maryland moves the ball a little bit. I think they're able to score, but I think Ohio State's just going to be too much for them when it comes down to it. Yeah, uh, it's, Maryland is a uh, gimmick, like a gimmick shortage, like a yardage, fake mm-hmm. out, out formation. So that just looks good. Um, 
I think if they can run that, I think it's going to be a tough game. So you think a little bit more of the gimmicky stuff this week for that Ohio yeah. State defense. Maybe not so much as, as Rutgers running all those trick plays and everything, but you think it's going to be a lot of short passing, a lot of a lot of yards after catch. Because, I mean, Ohio State struggled yeah. tackling this season. So, yeah, that's probably going to be the game plan for Maryland going into this game. Try and gash Ohio State that way, tire them out on defense, throw those short passes, look for yards after the catch, and see if they can't score that way. So, again, you had 52-31 Ohio State. I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I've got 52-21 Ohio State. So I've got the Buckeyes winning by 31 points in this game. The spread's 25 and a half. So I like the Buckeyes to cover this week. But like you said, we'll see what happens. Who knows? If Ohio State's defense doesn't show up this week, then I'll start to be a little bit more nervous. But I expect the Buckeyes to bounce back. I'm sure you expect the Buckeyes to bounce back. But Maryland is a good team. Talia Tagovailoa has proven to be a good quarterback. They've got good weapons on that offense, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right, Jake, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much. We love talking Buckeye football with you. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. So, as always, big thanks to Ohio State superfan Jake Jarvis for joining me on Believe in Ohio State. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about Ohio State and Maryland. First and foremost, it's the number three ranked Ohio State Buckeyes traveling to College Park, Maryland. The game Saturday at 3.30 Eastern Time on the Big Ten Network. Ohio State 25-point favorites against Maryland, and the over-under in this game is set at 69 and a half. Couple notes on Ohio State, who's 3-0 coming into this game. They beat Maryland 73-14 last season after going to double overtime, remember, at Maryland and winning in 2018. So uh, hopefully, you heard Jake talk about it. He thinks it's going to be similar to the game in 2018. I certainly hope not. I think it's uh, I, th- I think it's going to be a little bit more like last season. I think Ohio State opens up on offense and win this game and wins this game big. But uh, I definitely don't want it to be like 2018 when Ohio State nearly lost at Maryland. The Buckeyes 6-0 all-time versus the Terrapins, so uh, not a whole lot of success whatsoever for Maryland against Ohio State. Their best effort, that 2018 game, at home against Ohio State, so they're hoping to channel some of that energy. And they certainly this year have their best quarterback that they've had against Ohio State, as uh, we're going to get into Talia Tagovailoa in just a moment as we talk about Maryland. Maryland enters this game against Ohio State 2-1 on the season. They lost their season opener 43-3 against Northwestern in the opening week. They bounced back with an overtime victory against Minnesota in Week 2. Then they thumped Penn State last week 35-19, thanks in part to the efforts of Talia Tagovailoa, their quarterback, the younger brother of Tua Tagovailoa. He has looked very, very good these past couple of weeks. Very, very good in their two victories against Minnesota. That overtime win, he had 394 yards passing and three touchdowns. Last week against Penn State, 282 yards passing and three touchdowns. So this guy can play. He's got six TDs and four interceptions through three games this season. So the one number there that stands out is the four picks through three games. If this game gets out of hand, if Ohio State gets out to a big lead early, Talia Tagovailoa and Maryland's offense may start to press. He may uh, he may feel like he has to do a little bit too much, and I think that's when Maryland could get into trouble and Ohio State could really take over and win the game big and win the game ugly. If he turns over the football, Ohio State's going to be golden. So check out that number. Keep an eye on that number. Four interceptions through three games this season. 
not great. But he does have six touchdowns, and he has been very, very good these past couple of weeks. Their offense runs through him. This team runs through him. He is what makes this team go. He is the straw that stirs the drink. So Ohio State has to be able to shut down Talia Tagovailoa. That starts with the defensive backs. They have to be on their game. And it also goes down to the linebackers and the defensive linemen because on top of being a good passer, Talia Tagovailoa, very quick, he can run. He's the second leading rusher on this Maryland team as well. Defensively, Maryland's been just okay this season. Opponents are running for 227 yards per game against them, and they're passing for 247 yards per game against them. So, I mean, they haven't done a great job of stopping the run. That's nearly five yards a carry against, and uh, opponent quarterbacks passing for nearly 250 yards per game against this defense. And, of course, they haven't faced a team like Ohio State yet. They haven't faced a quarterback nearly as good as Justin Fields yet. So those numbers likely to increase this week against the Buckeyes. So uh, I-, I like Ohio State's chances, um, not just because their offense is what it is, but this Maryland defense hasn't necessarily been great yet this season. So uh, I'm looking for Ohio State to win this game big couple of matchups to watch for Ohio State against Maryland. I'm really going to key in on this one matchup. We've talked about every week the Ohio State offensive line and running backs versus the defensive line and linebackers of the opponents. I'm going to lay off that this week because I'm really interested in one big matchup, and that's Sean Wade and the rest of the Ohio State defensive backfield against wide receiver Rakim Jarrett of Maryland. He's a five-star recruit. He stayed home to go to Maryland. He's from Maryland, a true freshman this season, top five wide receiver recruit in the country, five-star, stayed home, and he's been good. Been very, very good. He's coming off of a 144-yard, two-touchdown game against Penn State last week. His real coming-out party to the Big Ten, to the nation, and uh, we've seen Sean Wade get exposed a few times this season. Didn't look good against Penn State. Had a touchdown caught over him this week or this past week against Rutgers. So this is a big matchup, a big game for Sean Wade. An ability to step up against a five-star wide receiver, a very, very good wide receiver that has some good chemistry with a good young quarterback in Talia Tagovailoa. So this week is a big opportunity for Sean Wade to step, to step up rather and really showcase his talent, show what he wants to be, show that he is a first-round draft pick. So that's the matchup that I want to watch. In particular, Sean Wade versus Rakim Jarrett. You can toss in the other Ohio State defensive backs as well whenever they line up against Rakim Jarrett. So Sean Wade versus Jarrett this week, that's my big matchup. A couple of other players to watch for Maryland. Running back Jake Funk, he leads the team with 336 yards on 43 attempts this season, averaging 112 rushing yards per game. Like I said earlier, Talia Tagovailoa is the second leading rusher. He's got some wheels. He is fast. So Ohio State does have their hands full. Pretty good running back in Jake Funk. Good rushing quarterback in Talia Tagovailoa. So the Ohio State... Um, defensive line and linebackers, they got to be ready. Another wide receiver that I want to talk about, Dante Demas. He's been good this season. He leads Maryland with 17 catches and 228 yards so far this year. Also has a pair of touchdowns. So two formidable wide receivers in uh, Jarrett and Dante Demas for Ohio State to defend this week. So those are the big matchups, the wide receivers versus this Ohio State defensive backfield, the quarterback Talia Tagovailoa against this Ohio State defensive backfield. So after a lackluster performance on defense last week for Ohio State, a big opportunity this week. They're going to be challenged. They are going to be challenged by this passing offense of Maryland. Maryland much improved from years past. 
So Ohio State's defense, a big opportunity to stand tall, a big opportunity to stand up and prove that they are a good defense going forward, prove that Ohio State is capable of winning a national championship with the defense that they have. So there you have it on Maryland. A little bit quicker this week because, like I said, I'm not worried about Ohio State. I think Ohio State wins big this week. I think this week, if if none of these three games yet have been the Justin Fields show, I think this week is going to be the Justin Fields show. I think he is going to put up insane numbers this week against Maryland, maybe have the best football game of his collegiate career. So with that in mind, it's time for my game picks. Like I said, Ohio State favored by 25 in this game. I like Ohio State by 25. I think they are going to kill Maryland this week. I think Ohio State has that victory against Rutgers on their mind. They want to prove that they're better than that. Like I said earlier, I thought the offense looked good. The defense didn't look great against Rutgers. I think this offense wants to be even better. I think Ohio State has an opportunity to score on every single drive in this game against Maryland. So give me those 25 points. I love Ohio State covering 25. So my pick on the spread, Ohio State minus 25. Uh, a number to support that, Ohio State 4-2 and two against the spread all-time against Maryland. So they have been successful playing against Maryland and covering the spread. So my pick is Ohio State minus 25. Now the over is set at 69.5 coming into this game. I like the over. I think Ohio State has the opportunity to hit that over all by themselves. Ohio State last year hit that over by themselves. They beat Maryland 73-14 to last season. I think Ohio State uh, is able to hit this over this week with the help of Maryland. Like I said in my score prediction with Jake, I like Ohio State 52-21. to I think it could be even worse than that. But that number covers, uh, or that number has the over this week with the over at 69 and a half. A number to support this, uh, if you're worried about the over, well, the over is hit every single time Ohio State and Maryland have played. 6-0, and the over, all-time in this series between Ohio State and Maryland. So uh, that's another reason I like the over 69.5 this week. If you can get it around 70-71, I still like that number. If you can get Ohio State around 25, around 26, I still like that number. So uh, my money's on Ohio State this week. I like the Buckeyes to cover, and I like the over to hit against Maryland. Like I said, I've got Ohio State winning 52-21. to I like Ohio State winning big this week. I think the defense stands up. I think the defense comes to play, and I think the offense absolutely blows Maryland's defense out of the water. I think this is a statement victory for Ohio State. I think they win this game huge, and I think the nation really takes notice of the Buckeyes after this week in College Park against Maryland. So that's going to do it for this week of Believe in Ohio State. I thank you very, very much for joining me. Again, big thanks to Dave Mason of Bet Online. Make sure to get your picks in this week on betonline.ag. Uh, when you sign up, they've got all sorts of bonuses, so make sure to check that out. Again, that's betonline.ag. Thanks to Dave Mason for joining me and telling me all about BetOnline and uh, helping us figure out some ways to find value betting Ohio State this season. And as always, big thanks to Jake Jarvis, Ohio State super fan, for joining me this week. I love talking to Jake. I love his insights about Ohio State football. 
And uh, his score predictions have been spot on for Ohio State this season. He's predicting a little bit closer of a game this week against Maryland. I think it's going to be more of a blowout. So it remains to be seen. We'll see uh, who's more accurate. But Jake does have the track record. He's been very good on the score predictions as long as I've known him. He's been very good so far this season through three weeks. So again, big thanks to Jake for joining me this week. And as always, thank you for joining me this week on Believe in Ohio State. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.